Seriously, why do people keep referring to speaking and communicating as soft? That's what I want to know. It's crucial and it's critical, but we talk about them as soft. Kind of upsets me, really. <laughs> Let's talk about it. We talking about leadership communication, public speaking, storytelling, motivation. And if you listen, you can speak out to the nation. If you think about it, life is your own creation. RK3 is the show. He speaks with confidence. He speaks with that flow. And you should already know how it goes. They're rolling with a pro. The RK3 show. Hey, y'all, what's happening? It's Robert Kennedy, the third RK3. It's the RK3 show. It's episode 87. And if you couldn't tell, I'm a little bit annoyed right now. Today, we're talking about skills, soft skills, which really are not soft skills if we're being real. I mean, soft, when you hear the word soft, that's that's not a great thing. It's not a positive thing. It's like a pillow. It's like cotton, right? You wipe with soft you don't transform with soft. I'm a little annoyed. Can you tell? <laughs> okay, I laughed, so that killed it. Anyway, listen, I wrote an article on Medium last year called Stop Calling Them Soft Skills. I want you to check it out. The link is in the show notes. And I was a bit upset there about this whole idea of of calling communication or teaching communication, calling it soft skills. And I could rant about this all day, and maybe I'll do an episode soon where I do rant about it. But the bottom line is that communication, which is the core of this show, is something that is core, critical to human progress and survival. So it's not soft. It's required. It's essential. The better you are at communication, there's no question about this. This is, this is proven. The better you are at communication, the further you go. The worse you are, the more challenging life is for you, point blank. Anywho, let's jump into the interview today and talk about it before I get my blood pressure too far up the charts, all right? So before we go to the interview, though, we're pulling up on episode 100. How should we celebrate? Answer that question. Let me know by going to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail, okay? Send a voicemail, send a message to me at robertkennedy, the number three, dot com forward slash voicemail. I want to add you to the show. Now, today, my guest is Dennis Doran, a leading expert in the construction industry. Ooh, with more than 30 years of experience, and he's the author of the highly praised book, Soft as Steel, which focuses on the vital importance of developing and valuing ugh, soft skills. <laughs> Dennis has dedicated himself to providing business leaders in all industries with the tools to be successful, not just in business, but in life and relationships. He delivers inspirational messages with humor, dynamic energy, motivating his audience to take action and make a change. Let's talk about those <clears throat> soft skills. Dennis, how are you today? Robert, I'm very well. Unfortunately, I've got a very good nap before we started, so I'll be very energetic. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I'm glad that you got this nap, and I'm absolutely <laughs> interested in, in, number one, the soft skills, but your, your focus on the construction industry, for, 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 first of all. Tell us a little bit about how you get started in the construction industry. 
Well, I did it. Uh, I started my career as an accountant. That's my educational background. I went to the University of Maryland. Since mm-hmm. you're a Maryland guy, I, that's a good mention. Yeah. Uh, Major in accounting, started my work in the accounting profession. And within the first probably three years, I began working on engagements with construction companies. Wow. So my first exposure came back when I was filling out spreadsheets and adding up numbers and testing transactions and all that very exciting stuff that yeah. accountants and auditors do. So that's where I got my first introduction to, uh, to the industry. It continued on from there. I transitioned out of accounting into the consulting uh, side of uh, a very large accounting and consulting firm continue to get to know the construction industry. Uh, and it just, I just continued to the point where everything I did uh, was in the construction industry. Uh, wow. I, left, uh, I left a very large firm, started my own, my own practice. Uh, my first three clients were all contractors. Uh, so again, so my journey uh, and my experience in the construction industry goes back well over 30 years, but, uh, but I like to say just over 30 years of experience, but it all began back, back then. Wow. So if I can be stereotypical for a second here, you are coming from the accounting industry, which people kind of think of as very left-brained, right? (laughs) And now you do something that is the other side of the spectrum a little bit, soft skills. How'd you get to that point? Well, you know, that's a great question. I got to that point really over time. Um, and, uh, you know, from the very beginning, I think you've correctly made it, your correct, your comment is perfect. Uh, I'm anything but your typical accountant. Right. Now, and, and I have to say very quickly that the reason I got a degree in accounting was because back in, this would be 1971, um, I'm finishing high school, uh, at a high school in Montgomery County, Maryland. And my father, I said to my father, I said, dad, so what am I going to do now? He said, well, I guess you ought to go to college. And I said, well, I said, I said, okay. I said, so what am I going to get a degree in? He said, get a degree in accounting. You can always get a job as an accountant. Yeah. There it is. That was my inspiration. Wow. Um, certainly wasn't the pronouncement about my calling, uh, right. which I would not know that I had my calling until many years later. Uh, but uh, so, so I got kicked out into accounting. And uh, uh, one of the things that I was good at fairly naturally was dealing with people. In, in a business setting. Um, you know, my clients, they used to always tell my bosses and supervisors, you know, he's a good guy. He's got a good sense of humor. You know, just they would say nice things about me. And those nice things, and again, I didn't know that until I really began to study and focus on what soft skills are all about. Right. Those nice things they said, they were describing my qualities. They were describing right. my soft skills. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until just a number of years ago. But, so that's, that's really, it, it began all the way back there. I had the I had the good fortune of having a boss uh, in in my first job out of college, who uh, I was asked a question about influential leaders in my life recently in in in, in a conversation, and uh, and it, and it got me thinking about the first leader that that influenced me, right. and it turned out when I focused on it, it was my first boss who demonstrated to me one of the greatest qualities that great leaders possess. And that is that he, that he was a caring person. Wow. He cared about the people that worked for him. And I didn't, I didn't focus in on, on the significance of that literally until just a few days ago. Wow. Wow. And, so and think, yeah. So you, 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 you refer to soft skills a few times here mm-hmm. and you've also talked about the significance of it. So if it's, if it's so significant and so important, why do we in the corporate or business space tend to kind of almost 
put it to the side a little bit. And we, we even call it soft skills. It's, we kind of try to downplay the significance of it. Why yeah. is that? Well, it's because we don't understand really what they are, mm. and, but more importantly, why they're so important and, and increasingly important as you go through your career. Uh, at the beginning of a person's career, what was important for me when I started my career as an accountant was that I knew I was taught how to use an adding machine. Yeah. I was taught how to use put marks on paper and do other kinds of things. And those are all what you, we generally describe, describe as technical or hard skills. Mm-hmm. Right? Those have nothing to do with what other people see in your words and your actions when they look at you. What right. other people see is, is, is you using communication in all its forms, which is uh, what I refer to as the ultimate core competency. You use communication in order for, for you to be able to let people know who you are and also to get to know who they are. Right. You use, use it to understand uh, what their qualities are by asking them questions, by showing interest, et cetera. And, and they observe what you say and what you do. And that, that's, that's equivalent to, to honestly taking a look in the mirror. And they are your mirror. Because what, what the people in your life see is who you are. Uh, yeah. and, if, and if you don't believe that, then whatever medication you're on, you need to change it. I mean, that's just kind of the, that's the, it's not the blue pill anymore. It's got to be a different pill. Cause, you know, cause the whole, the whole point is that soft skills aren't really skills. Uh, wow. and I talk about this in my book. They are your qualities, your attributes, your behaviors, uh, a manifestation of your personal values. Mm-hmm. The, the, the major skill that's involved to allow people to see what your qualities are by experiencing you over time is communication. Wow. Uh, and again, in, in the corporate world, we don't even do a great job of valuing the importance of learning how to be better at communicating, better at listening, better at asking questions, better at, 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 at evaluating what's going on with a person's body language to determine if they're tuned in or tuned out, if yeah. they're happy or sad, all those kinds of There's just so much more to it. And so to say that we ought to be teaching people soft skills, well, you know, people think, what am I going to teach them to be a better coder, uh, to teach them to be a better carpenter? Uh, and that's all the hard skill stuff. But again, what we fail to do, and it starts at leadership and trickles down in a lot of organizations. And as you know, there's so much written and talked about this yep. whole subject of leadership. But one of the things that a lot of leaders uh, that are good leaders and otherwise, what they miss is that there, there's something to be recognized, valued, and weighed increasingly more heavily as a person goes through their, their career, their career journey. Because as you get up to being in senior leadership, what you then ought to have is outstanding communication skills that right. clearly communicate to people in your words and in how you use your, your body language, your, your eye contact, all those different facets of the nonverbal component of communication. That's how you become a, per, a leader that people look at and say, I want to follow that person. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Have you ever wondered why some people are able to be remembered so easily? Have you ever thought about why they are associated with certain experiences? Well, it's because they repeat those experiences regularly. They have what is called a signature story. And guess what? You have one too. You might not know how to find it or tell it yet, but you have one. 
Here's what I want you to do. Sign up for my free five-day email course and learn how to discover your signature story so that you can tell it, create impact, improve your influence, and even enhance your brand. Sign up for the five-day signature story email course. Check the show notes for the link. And now, back to the show. So how do you get to someone earlier? Because you're talking about it, it really becomes even more, the, the magnitude of it really shows itself the higher you go. So the issue in many organizations is because we're not teaching it, mm-hmm. then people end up by default getting to a certain place and not being influential enough, not being, you know, not, not being leadership material enough to right. cause the growth or to cause continued sustainable behavior in some organizations. So how do we, what, what, what are some of the things that people, parents maybe need to, and teachers need to do or teach even before people get to a place where they're in corporations? What, what, what do you think is the sure. biggest thing? Well, the, you know, the first the first thing to recognize is a statement of the obvious, and that is the first leaders that we experience in our very, very young years are our parents. Right. Uh, and, then it, and then behind our parents, if we're inclined to be involved in outside activities, and you know, the one that comes to mind, obviously, is, is team sports, is that coach. Mm. Um, because, again, uh, you know, a leader is a person, you know, again, that parent, that parent needs to have the vision for, for that child. Uh, and to and to and to listen and care for that child. That's what leadership of, uh, that a, a parent provides is all about. That coach has to be able to show them the big picture about how the game is played right. and how to how to throw the ball properly and all those kinds of things, and then motivate them to try to work hard to be able to accomplish the things they need to accomplish. Uh, as far as is uh, is the whole notion of leaders demonstrating their qualities again. What kind of a parent are you? You know, what kind of a coach are you? And this is all in the very early, early years. And then we get into our, you know, our very first opportunity as young people to go out into the working world, that first part-time job. In my case, it was a, a paper route. And, you know, once a week I saw, I saw the guy that dropped off the papers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I remember him because when, whenever he dropped the papers off, he found a couple of minutes just to talk, say, Dennis, how, how's, how is everything going? Wow. You know, you know, I, did, I know I added five new customers. He's still doing okay. You get in a school. Just asked a few questions and then went on. Wow. That's leadership. Mm. Um, because, because again, it, it's a demonstration of interest or caring. And I think that as, as much has been written about it, about the subject of leadership. And I think now in particular in this time, when this podcast airs, we are still, we will still be in the midst of a multifaceted crisis that we have never seen before. Wow. There's no time more important for soft skills. There's no time more important for leaders to show their greatness by showing their caring. Yeah. So I'm a leader. 10, maybe 15 years into my career and, and I've moved up the ladder a little bit, but I'm recognizing now that there's something that's missing. There's some reason why I'm not able to, uh, heighten team morale. I'm not able to motivate people in the way that they need to be motivated. People are coming in at 9.30 and leaving at 4.30. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, assuming we're not in a virtual world, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, there, there is no beginning or end of the day. In the exactly. World. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. but, but the point is people, people are not doing more and 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 part of that is due to i'm recognizing that as part of my leadership 
what is the biggest step? What's the first step that I need to be able to take now to kind of unlearn some of the things that, that have gotten me to this point? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that you necessarily have to unlearn anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, long, as long as you're a person who has a mindset that says that, that I, I can always change, I can always improve, mm-hmm. uh, I can always get better at something regardless of my age, my previous experience, all these other things. Uh, and it's a, the, a great book was written by Carolyn Dweck. The top subject of the book is mindset. And yeah. she talks about two kinds of people. And the ones I just described are the ones that have a growth mindset. But then there are other, other, other people, you know, they get mid-career and they've gotten to a certain point and, uh, and they're just wondering why they're not moving or why people aren't responding to them. Uh, and what they're not doing is taking a look at themselves. Wow. Uh, because, because they're part of the problem. Um, so as far as, uh, it's not a question of undoing, but it is a question of, of being willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And the most important area to learn, it's, it's one of the th- things that I put in my book because I think it's so important, is that we need to learn more about ourselves. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the word influencing earlier, a great book written on influencing. And, and the, the best way to influence a person is with facts. Right. right. That's, that's the, that's, that's a unanimous view. If you want to really influence someone in a decision making process, get them to do what you want them to do, give them facts. Well, you can do that even in terms of your personality or behavioral style or who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, there are great instruments out that have been out for decades, uh, that constitute, in my, in my view, and many people agree with this, uh, they, they, they provide you with words and phrases and sentences to describe you in a way that you can read them. You can yeah. say, I, I understand that. That makes sense to me. I didn't realize that. Um, and as an example, one of them is called a DISC profile, D-I-S-C profile. It's been yeah. out in use for decades. Uh, it's the one I know the best because that's the one the construction industry uses quite a bit. Um, you know, the Myers-Briggs is another example. Uh, and then a few years ago, as I was walking through an airport, uh, I spotted a book on a bookshelf in, in one of the airport concourses. And I just, I did one of those double takes and I said, that's an interesting title. Uh, so I walked over and picked up a book entitled Emotional Intelligence 2.0. Oh, yeah. Brad. All right. By Bradbury and Graves. Yeah. Uh, and I, it's sitting right here on my desk. It includes an online assessment mm-hmm. uh, and their their approach. And again, I love talking about other people that know a lot more than me. You know, so I'm not trying to sell their book, but I'm, 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 I'm endorsing their ideas because I think they're good ideas. Yeah. And that's all around. Emotional intelligence is all about soft skills. Yeah, uh, and, and they break it down into a, a very simple structure. And they talk about personal competence and social competence. Yeah, understanding yourself, but also be interested in, in paying attention to and understanding others. Yeah. Those are all the found. That's the foundational competency that we need in order to do more than just supervise. In order to do more than just manage. In order to, to do more than simply use power and particularly position power in order to accomplish our ends. But some people rely on that all the way to the top of, the org- of an organization. You know, they continue to use position power rather than personal power, rather than how they are with people as a way to get them aligned with them, which means they've they articulated a vision. Uh, they've kind of sh- shown what the roadmap looks like at a very high level. Mm-hmm. And they do th- two things, which are the difference maker between a good leader and a great leader, uh, and actually, actually, there are three. But the two primary things are they know how to motivate people, but more importantly, they know how to inspire people. Oh, yeah. And that's not the same as motivating. Right. Um, you know, it's asking people to reach just a little bit further, you know, work a little bit harder, do a little bit more with a little bit less. Yeah. And do it because you believe in the vision. 
Wow. Wow. So you just went through and gave us the, 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 the synopsis of Travis Bradbury's book. What about, and, but you also briefly mentioned your book, Soft as Steel. So really talking about the soft skills, but having that connection to the, to the construction industry yeah. there. So what's, what do you say? What would you say is the greatest takeaway from, from your book? Talk, soft as Steel. Talk to us yeah. about that. Soft as Steel. I'll, I'll just tell you quickly that, that, um, you know, I, I, I had the idea uh, over four years ago to write a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a vision for what that book would be. Um, and as you, as you know well, and others know well, that writing a book is about writing, mm-hmm. but it's also about a lot of other things that go on around before, after, and during. Yeah. And all those things involve money. Right. Um, so when I started to, re- to focus on it and had the idea how to do it, the one thing I realized was that, I may not be able to fund this project. Wow. You know, so I came to it with a very practical obstacle. Uh, and, and then a year or so later, something very sad and unfortunate happened. Uh, but it played into my life's journey. My closest friend in life, mm-hmm. uh, who I'd known for a number of years, passed away. And unbeknownst to me, this person left me money in their will. Wow. Wow. So suddenly I had... A, a source of capital. Yeah. Uh, so I, 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 I convened a conversation with my mentor, Steve Farber, whose first book is, is a book called The Radical Leap, where leap stands for love, energy, audacity, and proof mm-hmm. as the four pillars of his principles of leadership, which I subscribe to completely. Because in that book, and I'm, again, I'll, I'll get to soft to steel in a second. But in that, <laughs> in that book, he says something that's very powerful, very important to me, and really operates as my mantra to this day. Uh, and that is do what you love in the service of people who love what you do. Wow. That's awesome. That's powerful. That's it's awesome. It's simple. Yeah. Even a person who's not that bright, and I'm, I'm, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I've ma- managed to make it through 66 years unscathed as far as major damage. But, <laughs> but that makes so much sense to me. And that yeah. doesn't mean you like your job every day. That doesn't mean that the next year may be a difficult year. That doesn't mean that a pandemic is going to come and shut you down completely. And you're going to have to figure out, what am I going to do just to keep my brain engaged for the next seven, eight, nine months or a year? Yeah. You know, and, and I'm a little bit of a people person. I know you are. I can hear it in your voice. I see it in your eyes. I hear it on your <laughs> podcast. Uh, so, again, not engaging with people. Maybe that was the real reason I decided to do some podcast interviews yeah. so I could talk to somebody <laughs> besides myself. But yeah. so, so coming back around to Soft as Steel. So uh, about so the, the book was released last November. Um, the previous the February that immediately preceded us. So it's February 2019. So it's not mm-hmm. a long time ago. I was in San Diego at a leadership conference hosted by Steve Farber, and the last activity of the day on the second day of the conference was to break out into small groups and answer and answer one question: What is what is a goal that you want to accomplish in the coming year? Yeah, my goal was to write a book. Uh, I had a different idea for the book. Uh, I got on a phone. I, I said, I don't want to write a book where I profile two or three quote unquote great leaders in construction. I'd, write, I'd like to write a book that will help people learn what I've learned about soft skills over a lot of years. Uh, so the approach I took to the book was to develop a survey. And so when you talk about why, you know, what's the greatest takeaway from soft to steel, the greatest takeaway is that there's stuff to take away because I ask you to do things throughout the book. I asked you to take a survey. I asked you to answer questions as an example. If, you were, if I were to ask someone who's known you for several years how they would describe you, what would they say? 
And I asked the reader of the book, I said, and I give them space in the book, write it down. Write down what you think they would say. And inevitably, if the person is generally fairly self-aware and honest with themselves, uh, what people would say about them are not that they are a financial genius or that they invented this or invented that. They would say things about their qualities. Yeah. He was a, he was a great person to have around. He had a great sense of humor. He was a really good communicator. He was a great listener. They would describe their soft skills. Right. All right. So, uh, so, so I, so I surveyed, uh, about 40 some individuals across the construction industry where I've worked since I described earlier, uh, from the early part of my career and, uh, compiled those survey results, uh, and came up with a list of the top 20 qualities, soft skills. Uh, talked about them in the book, but more importantly, I followed up that survey with an interview of 36 individuals. Again, mm-hmm. a cross-section. A cross-section in terms of, of, of role in the industry, from engineers to architects to construction managers to project managers, and very importantly, a cross-section of the generations in the workplace. So I have millennials interviewed. I interviewed Xers. I interviewed boomers. Um, and I, I asked them, as an example, so, uh, so Robert, your, your, your number one, uh, soft skill that you mentioned was, uh, trustworthy. Right. What does that, what does that mean to you, Robert? And if you can, tell me a story that illustrates why it's important to you. So they answered the question, not with definitions, but with their own words and with stories. Uh, and, and that was, that was a big part of, of why the book was, is, is so valuable as a takeaway. And that is that you're not just listening to me talk about a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You're hearing other people talk in their own words, and it's all quoted content. Um, then I go on, and I have a section of the book, which are 52 uh, great thoughts around that, that came out of the conversations I had, where somebody would say something, and it would trigger a thought in my mind. Like, you know, uh, I, I, as an example, uh, one of the thoughts that came to mind is, um, you know, smart, you know, emotional intelligence is not just about being smart. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not really at all about that. Um, and, and a bunch of others that are pretty practical. Like you can learn, you can learn, you can learn things from people you don't like. And, and I talk about what that means. So, yeah. so, and, and then in the back of the book, I give them some assessments to use, some, some, I give them an abbreviated disk assessment. I give them an EQ indicator. So things for them to be able to gather some facts about themselves. And then I provide them with some guidance to be able to prepare their own development plan. Nice, nice. So, Dennis, where, where can people find out a little bit more about you? Anything that you've got going on? Any any valuable nuggets or gifts that you want to give to people? Well, certainly they can they can find me on LinkedIn, um, uh, but I have a website as well, and the website is Dennis Doran Speaking, all one string, DennisDoranSpeaking dot com. Okay, my temperature's down a bit. <laughs> Let's be soft as steel. Study how you can get even better at communicating at storytelling. This gets you ahead of the game. Be a student of communication skills. Read books. Listen to this show. Ask questions. Focus on improving this one area of your life, and I guarantee you it'll make a bigger difference than you could ever imagine. Let me know if I can be of help to you. I'm glad you were here today. Join me for episode 88 when I talk to motivational speaker Steve Hopper. Don't forget to leave a ranking, rating, or review for the show on any one of our podcast networks, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, wherever you listen to podcasts. Who we're on Amazon Music too, so check it out. Don't forget, send a message. How we should we celebrate episode 100 of the show? Leave me that message by going to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voice 
voicemail. That's robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Listen, y'all, I know life ain't easy and you got a lot of stuff, but don't forget your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III and you've been listening to The RK3 Show.